What a privilege to be here. I, uh, I love it. Is this important? Yes, I'm oh. recording. Okay. All right. So speak into the mic, Steve. Got it. And is this important? That's what gets you heard out here. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I don't see any swarthy skinned Libyans out there. Uh, and so I'm going to be quite open to this morning and use the name Libya and use my real name. What's that, Joe? You're not, not liberty today. If you get our prayer letters, you need to have a glossary nearby to, to interpret them. And, uh, you know, Scripture talks about if, if you speak in weird languages, you've got to have interpretation. So we always uh, try to... So here, this is where you get it. Liberty is Libya. And Steve and Jean are Steve and Jean McClurg. And uh, we were first at this church in 1982, as I recall. Isn't that a long time ago? <laughs> wow. And uh, we were at that time on our way to Portugal to serve, uh, to serve among Catholics, uh, to see them one to Jesus Christ. And the Lord quickly changed our course, and we headed to Morocco uh, among a people group that had never had the gospel called the Reef Berbers. And this is all old news to most of you, but I just... Thought I'd fill you in. What's that? We forgot about Portugal. Yeah, I forgot about Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first came here, we were on our way with a different mission, which is Frontiers now, and it was another one before. But uh, we were our, our course was changed, and uh, and it was it was led by principally those passages in this book that speak of the gospel. Uh, you remember Paul in Romans thirteen. 15, he says, I aspire to preach the gospel where there, his name is not named, where there is no foundation. And uh, which is, you combine that with other passages to go where the gospel is not. Uh, Psalm 67, let all the peoples praise him. Romans, uh, Revelation 5, 9, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus died for people in every tribe, tongue, people, nation, ethne, and our uh, command in, in Matthew 28 is to go to each of those ethnic groups that uh, are in isolation, either from linguistic or cultural historical boundaries that have prohibited them from hearing the gospel of Jesus. So that is our calling, as our prayer letter says, our our mission before we, we pray, Lord Jesus, before we lay down our trowel, that uh, we'd be able to see an effective church planting team proclaiming the gospel in every unengaged people group and region of North Africa. And as you know, we were prohibited from entering in Morocco in 2010. We were blacklisted, still are. And uh, so I shifted most of our activities towards uh, South Tunisia and Libya since then. Well, men and women, we live in extraordinary times, do we not? What an age to be alive. And to uh, see like in, in Luke where, where the Lord Jesus says, when all these things take place, what are you to, we to do? We're to raise our eyes and say, your redemption cometh not. And indeed it is. We live in extraordinary times. And it's, these are the times to have lots of kids who love Jesus and train them to be soldiers uh, 
for the Lord Jesus Christ and vibrant living witnesses. And uh, so I commend you families and people getting married and all that. Um, why do I think we live in extraordinary times? Well, it's not just because we're facing uh, persecution in Libya in the last 30 days like we've never seen it before. And we are, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. But there are just so many other things. And we're just deluged, are we not? You know, um, uh, in the last two weeks, there's been civil war in Sudan. You're aware of that, right? And uh, why is that? Uh, who's provoking this? Who's arming these, these, uh, the, the other military faction? Well, I have my suspicions, and part of it is because uh, the current regime, over the last couple of years, wanted to do a couple of things. They wanted to recognize Israel's right to exist and formalize relationships. They wanted, and they invited in NGOs, nonprofit uh, Christian organizations to come wherever they want and set up camp. Praise the Lord, and, and many hundreds followed and, and have taken that because there was an expulsion. Some of uh, my colleagues went to prison for uh, for several months, and uh, and uh, and also they were doing other things that were against uh, the interests of a major superpower that you and I both know. United States. Um, this proliferation of world weapons of mass destruction, either nuclear or biological. How many of you have been around as long as we, Gene and I have? There are a couple of people here who are older. How old are you? No. Um, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. How many of you ever remember the, the, the phrase, when the next epidemic comes, what? Never in my <laughs> lifetime. Uh, and yet we now know with, uh, that, that this is a, a reality of our day today. And, um, and uh, the proliferation of biological nuclear weapons around the world, and I'm sure you read as I did, that, that uh, I mean, just not only is there war going on, but there are rumors of war in every faction, uh, everywhere. Are there not? Did you know that China has hypersonic missiles against which we have no defense. Now, Steve, I thought you were going to teach the Bible. Well, I'll get there. Um, and uh, how many of you are, are watching with real interest the emergence of CBDCs, that is central bank digital currencies, which will, along with social credit, uh, system like they have now in China in place for the largest, the next largest uh, country in the world, India passed them up recently in population, where people are disallowed from buying and selling with their own money as people are, moved, are being forced to move away from a cash society so that uh, they can control the way you behave and if you don't behave, then you must, uh, you can't use your own money. Well, uh, that's the way it is in China right now. Uh, the proliferate, and lastly, the proliferation of evil, like we have never seen in my lifetime or in the lifetimes of anyone I know. Open Satanism, the, uh, the UN pushing for legalization of, of 
intimacy between the youngest and the oldest of people. Uh, I say that out loud. Well, men and women, how do we respond? We take our Bibles, don't we? We open up to Daryl's favorite book of late, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And uh, pardon me, I'm, I know I will not steal any thunder you have generated, Daryl. You don't know what a joy it is for me to come back and to see Daryl Marie see Daryl still teaching the Bible up here with his tie and, uh, and so faithfully and to, to know that R Robert here is here so adequately filling those huge shoes left by Everett as pastor for the last 70 years here. Um, I'd like to just walk through a passage of scripture with you that maybe Daryl's already covered this and he'll cover it again with greater precision, I'm sure. But in the midst of this, give you an update of what we do and what's been going on. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Very interesting. Verse 1. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. I read from the New American Standard. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Men and women, this is true in Castle Rock or Canifra, Morocco, or in Msrata, Libya. We live our lives, we work hard, we seek to be informed, but our, the only thing at the end of the day that le is left standing is our following the Lord Jesus Christ, which has to be the end of each of our conversations, really at the end of the day, with those we love, those we meet at the, at the Arco up here or the, the cafe where Joe goes and, and uh, oh, that's him that goes there, right? And, uh, or the people at school or the people that in your own family, at the end of the day is Jesus, not are you vaxxed? Not, have you purchased gold? Not, have you got your food provisions for the, the problems to come? No, it's Jesus. 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 Um, I'm watching, with all this happened in these last two and a half, three years, very interesting delineation, change in people. I see a hardening on one hand of, of people pursuing their own selfish, egotistical, often thinking uh, in the name of tolerance, self-worshipping, demonic idea set which excludes Jesus. Radically so. And then a camp of people who are just confused out of their minds and fearful and maybe saying, yes, yes, okay, okay, hoping for the best. But you know when you talk about Jesus... They are responding in a way I have never seen with less resistance, men and women. Um, we need to be inviting people. Let me just, this is one of the two big ideas I'd like to leave with you. Invite people to embrace Jesus Christ, to run into the refuge under his wing, Psalm 63. I was um, uh, talking to a, an American gal, the a uh, couple weeks ago, she's married to a Saudi guy who's a fervent Muslim, 
and talking about stuff going on. She's pregnant with their first child together, and uh, and she works for my brother, his his business, and uh, said, Amanda, it's Jesus which delineates, which is the center point, the, the dividing point of all society. She said, I know what you mean. It's about Jesus. And I can say the same thing to her Muslim husband. It's about Jesus. Um, invite them. Pray with them. Get this. If you would, would you like to invite Jesus Christ into your life to help you in all these stresses going on? Men and women, people respond when you ask them this. My, uh, one of my best friends, Ray, uh, his son was nearly uh, paralyzed. They said he's a paraplegic. He had a skating accident, skating for Liberty University. This is just a few months ago. He miraculously got better and is now 85%. Anyway, um, Ray was talking to the, the coach who was just devastated and so confused and said, how can this be? And Ray said, well, it's all about Jesus. This is the dad of the paraplegic boy. And Ray said, listen, you need to give your heart to Christ. He'll, he'll, he'll make, sort it all out for you. Would you like to come to Jesus? He said, yes, right in the elevator. They prayed to receive Jesus. What did he lack? An invitation. He lacked only the invitation. He had the info. He lacked the invitation. Um, you know what? I'm finding people are willing to pray with you. If not to accept Jesus all the time, would you like to, can I pray for you right now? And ask the Lord Jesus to help you in this struggle. Invite them. Men and women, just don't be, just don't be shy about this. So, um, it's all about him. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Um, I'd like to say more about this, but I won't. What I would like to say, uh, hermano, uh, cross-cultural, that we need to be also patient with people about the peripheral stuff going on in their life. How many of you came to know Jesus and you were as mature then as you are now about everything about life? Yeah, duh. Let's be patient with people. They don't have to invite Jesus into their life. They don't have to vote Republican. Whoa. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, okay. Give them patience. They don't have to have a certain, a particular economic philosophy to accept Jesus. They don't have to uh, have everything sorted out with respect to morality. Yeah, repentance is part of it. But we shouldn't expect Christian behavior from those who have just come into faith. We shouldn't expect and demand complete compliance with what a mature Christian is to be all at once. I could go to 1 Corinthians 8, 9, where Paul said, I became all things to all men, I became a slave to all men so that by all means I might what? I might win some. Um, so I wanted to say this, and this is this is I'm, when we came stateside about a year ago. We moved from the states where we were. We had previously lived in Ireland, overseeing the church planting work in North Africa with Frontiers. We now live here, and I continue from here, but. When we landed here, I said to myself and to the Lord, Lord, give me disciples. 
Give me disciples. That's what the mandate is, isn't it? Make disciples of all nations. That includes this one. And that includes every ethne of this nation. Make disciples. I want to ask you, ask the Lord Jesus for at least one disciple before the end of 2023. Maybe two. I notice your Bibles are pretty well open and they're well used. You know your Bibles. You're courageous. And uh, I'll bet you, you kids know them better than some people here. And uh, ask Jesus to give you a disciple that you can just come alongside and see come to, come to maturity. They're all over the place. There are people everywhere seeking someone to help me know what to do. Okay. Verse 3. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. This, who's writing this, by the way? This is Paul. Wait, this doesn't sound like an apostolic mindset or habit. I came afraid and weak and trembling to them previously, to the Corinthians. Does that sound like the great apostle Paul? Not to me, but boy, it sure is a great description of what missionaries are. When they go into these strange places, strange language, strange culture, strange habits of people, strange ideas that need to be crafted and, and changed into the uh, image of Jesus, it's never changed. After decades of serving Jesus in hard places, it never changes. Weak and fearful and trembling. Um, Yeah, I uh, most days I'm in communication with uh, the wife of Thaddeus. I call him Ted in the letters. Thaddeus is a Nigerian brother who three week three plus weeks ago was taken into custody because he was named by Libyan believers as the one who had won them to Christ and discipled them, and had given them a Bible. And uh, three of the Libyan believers that we know of that are in jail, he won to Christ. And uh, his wife is, is like that. I said, Lucy, sweetheart. I do say sweetheart sometimes to my team leader wife. <laughs> Lucy, it's, um, it's normal. This is, this is the Lord's way in fear and trembling. We don't know what the future is, but we know one thing. The Lord Jesus promises to be close to those who are incarcerated for the, and are suffering for the name of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, this is normal. And it's normal for you, as I suggest that you invite people to come to Jesus, invite people to pray with you. That's just scary stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but he's known me for 15 years. We work on a professional basis. Yeah, but you know what? You look for the crack in the facade of his life. You're going to find it. You're going to find the point of need. Yeah, but this person is so arrogant and against the Lord. Yeah, but you look for the, the fissure in their life where they're at a point of need. And you ask the Lord, Lord, can we take advantage of that? Use that as leverage that he might or she might be able to hear the gospel in some way. Verses 4 and 5. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom 
but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. Um, are you experiencing the power and joy of the Lord Jesus in your own life? How many times, how many seasons in my life have I not? Yeah, but you're a missionary. You're right, that, right out there working with Muslims. and Yeah. And just as empty as, as, uh, as, uh, as this egg that just hatched, no longer has, there's nothing in there. I've learned that, that um, I need to take Paul's advice to, the, to Timothy, his disciple, his church planting disciple, Timothy, where he said to Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline, for, for Timothy chapter four, I think. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And he describes all sorts of things for Timothy to do. But let me suggest to you a couple of things. You homeschoolers know that you've got to have your, your, your system. You've got to have your, your rhythm. You've got to have your plan. And the kids know tomorrow at night. Hey, okay, you're probably a 6.30 in the morning type of family. But... Uh, uh, no, okay. At eight o'clock, we got to start school, and we know we got to get so far in this school. Are you homeschoolers? Okay, how did I know that? Um, it's that bright, intelligent look about you. Anyway, the rest of you do too. But anyway, so um, you got to have a plan. You know that, don't you? You know how far you need to get this day, this week, this month. Let me suggest to you that you approach your spiritual life in a very similar way. Let's discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness that we might not be empty vessels, that we might have a reserve from which to love Libyans and Americans. Okay. Um, that might mean getting to bed at a different hour so that you can be up at a particular hour and be by yourself. Let me suggest to you that time in the scriptures is really important to that end. I won't tell you what my habits are, but I've got my habits. My wife can, can tell you. I, um, let me suggest to you that you perhaps memorize your first chunk of scripture in 2023. You cannot believe the wealth of, of joy an insight that will come. You know, I don't really care what part of Scripture it is. It doesn't really, in one sense, it doesn't really matter. Jesus is all through this book. The doctrines of Scripture are found in every page, and uh, of the fundamental doctrines of Scripture are found everywhere. Right now, personally, I'm working, working really hard in the book of Psalms. I've got uh, uh, several dozen Psalms memorized, but... Uh, and, but I've got more plans, and I've got, uh, I was working on Psalm 68, and yesterday on Psalm 69, an imprecatory psalm, not the whole one, but uh, I've aspired to, okay, there it is. So these are, this is what I'm, I've got going in terms of memory, uh, and I take my walk in the woods for prayer and for meditation, working on verses 
1 to 2, verses 5, 6, 13, 30 through 33. Oh, what a joy to my heart. And it, what does it do, Steve? You're bragging, Steve. No, what I'm saying is this. I'm saying is this. You want the power of God in your life? You want the joy of the Lord to be able to have an overflow to serve your community, your family, those who don't know Christ? You spend time with Jesus. You discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Let me make just one other suggestion. Not only to find a chunk of scripture. What's a chunk of scripture, Steve? Could it be a chapter of the Bible? Could it be perhaps uh, Psalm 145? Maybe it's Psalm 27. Maybe it's Psalm 138. Maybe it's Psalm, you name it. Psalm 103 is a good place to start. In fact, Psalm 23 is an even better place to start. How many, do you already have Psalm 23 memorized? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want him. Yeah, you know that one. Um, you want power, you want joy, you want an overflow in your life, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. I just have one other suggestion, and that is, yeah, learn to pray with lists. Steve, what are you talking about? Men and women, I'm, I'm almost 70 years old. And it, uh, I don't have as crystal clear a memory as I used to. But, and so I need lists of people that I aspire to see blessed and filled and helped by the Lord. And, uh, and I try to work through this most days. Authorities, I have family on mind, extended family, uh, unbelieving family, urgent matters, mostly things in the field. We have uh, about 230 personnel in North Africa. Uh, urgent matters, people who are sick. Well, I have a big health section and friends, and I call them the 70. These are uh, uh, 70 people I aspire to see, one uh, going to the nations. Uh, pregnant people, got a real heart for pregnant women and, and for women who want to be pregnant and can't get pregnant. Uh, single women in the field, uh, the people that we work with, um, um, God of the impossible section, people who just way, seem to be way beyond the grace of God, impossible situations, and then walking through each of the teams in North Africa. Let me encourage you to discipline yourself. You want to be filled with joy and power? Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And it may require finding some time alone, which right now you're occupying with sleep. Uh, verses 6 to 8. This is so good. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. Whoa, to our glory. The oh, I just have to stop there for a second. Men and women, isn't it a fascinating principle in Scripture, particularly in Pauline writings, where he speaks of us being the co-heirs with Jesus Christ? That it says in Romans 8, he who withheld not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he fail also to what? Give us all things. 
All things. What's he talking about? All things are ours in Christ. When we go to a nice, we're invited to a nice house. We don't have, we live in a trailer right now, Gene and I. And uh, when we're invited to a nice house, we occasionally get to be in a nice hotel. We say, yes, Lord, this is mine. This is mine. I'm not talking greedy possession ownership, but in a sense, he gives us all things to enjoy, it says in Scripture. Anyway, these matters are for his glory and for our glory. What's going on today, it says right here. And then eight. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you realize what he's saying? Of course, the, 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 all the fiends of, of Satan... All the demonic host, all their instruments in this world marshaled together to bring about what they thought was the coup d'etat, the great victory, the killing of the Son of God. And what did God do? He turned it on its head. And it became the most monumental, wonderful event of history and the defeat of all powers. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, I think, and following. Um, as I mentioned this week, this month, there have been, uh, let's see, about nine people incarcerated for Jesus that we know of. Uh, five in the capital, one in Misrata, uh, one, two, three, four in, in uh, Benghazi. And the police have, have interrogated them and they've mistreated them. I mean, this is even to the Americans, slapping them around, hitting them, giving them black eyes in order to extract information. And those two Americans have been released. Those who are left, um, uh, I'm cert we're certain that they are even worse mistreated. However, what's happening? They took their videos of their confessions, and in those confessions, and they put it up on YouTube, we're talking the authorities in Libya, in which the believers told how they came to Jesus Christ, what websites they went to, how they had a change of heart. They began reading their Bible, and uh, one even said, and you should consider that too. As far as we know, none of them has, has uh, reneged on their faith in Christ. And uh, they put that up, thinking the authorities did, that this would keep so many people from ever considering Christianity. Two days ago, I got an email from my colleague, co-worker. He says, you know all these, uh, these uh, Facebook and internet outreaches we have, I Love Libya is the biggest one. We've seen 1.14 million hits in the last 28 days. <laughs> The exact opposite occurred. Had they known they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known they would never have put these things up on the net. Where they sit today provoking people to say, hmm, I wonder what would make these people change their religion and become Christians. I think I'll find out. I'd just like to know. 
He turns it on its head. Men and women, what happens today in our government, in our society, in the nations of this world, are, what does it say in scripture in Isaiah chapter 40? He moves the wills of kings in his hand like water in his hand. How many of you have had water in your head, a little drip of water, and you can point it wherever you want? That's what Jesus does with the nations. And it says in Psalm chapter 2 that the Lord laughs at their mockery of his kingship. He scoffs at them. For the Son of God is soon to be revealed in all his glory. Um, so, 1,140,000 views of the gospel in the last 28 days. Um, uh, provoked by the testimony of Muhammad, who uh, came to Christ, was baptized by Ted, and uh, got a chance to, to help disciple him in his early uh, months. Uh, Andrew, a Berber from the mountains, who just, just naively shared his faith for several years with lots of people, and won a number of them to Christ. Both of them married to women who don't believe the gospel, each of them has a child. To Yahya in the middle city, who had come to Christ probably in about 2017, 2018. And his family heard about it, and they said, put our son in jail and keep him there. They took him, they put him in jail, he was preaching Jesus to the other inmates, and they let him go because he was such a bother. His family said, you take him back to jail, or we're going to report you to the press. So they did, and he's been in jail since uh, about 2019. Yahya has been given a sentence of death by the, the, the judge in that city. Sentence of death. His friend heard about it, and his friend says, Now, I'm a Muslim. This is the friend. I'm a Muslim, but I have seen an incredible change in this man, Muhammad, in, in Yahya means John, by the way. I've seen such an incredible change in his life. Um, uh, yeah, but you know what? And then he told the United Nations what was going on. It got into the press, and this, uh, this man, his, his sentence has been delayed. So and the likes of, of uh, Ted, who's in jail over in, the, in Benghazi, who um, became the chief discipler of two, two believers, Abdurrahim and Ezra, two good friends of mine as well, who are standing faithfully for the Lord. And I watched their testimonies just two days ago on uh, Facebook. And, uh, and then, over in the far right city of Derna, two guys were captured by the police for their Christian faith, put up, their testimonies put up. We never knew a thing about them. We had no idea they were even there. How many times? Is this being repeated in places we will not hear about? Men and women, Jesus is at work all over the world, in every place. Verse 9, and we'll finish with this. But just as it is written, things which eye has not he seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. You know what? This passage, which is taken from Isaiah 
what is it, 64, something like that, is um, I used to think that this passage refers to heaven to come. The glory is to come in, in glory after this life. I now am pretty suspect that this refers a lot to this life. You discipline yourselves for right. You put, give yourselves to Jesus in, in every way. And I tell you, the joys that will come about are incredible in spite of hardship. And I shared this with my dear sister, Lucy, um, something that I discovered just yesterday. Again, in an imprecatory psalm, one of those hard psalms where, where David's uh, talking against his enemies, in the midst of which, and we'll finish with this, I promise. Uh, psalm 69, verse 29. This is really important, men and women. I am afflicted and in pain. How many can identify? On any level. May your salvation, O God, set me securely on high. He's saying this while he's afflicted and in pain, persecuted by his oppressors. If you read the context of Psalm 69. And yet, how does he respond? I will praise the name of God with song. That means out loud, Joe. You can't just sing in your heart to the Lord. Sing out loud. I will praise the name of the Lord God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. You know, one of the greatest characteristics of Ted, incarcerated today for the gospel in Benghazi, is that whenever I ask Ted, I say, Ted, how are you doing? He says, and I know things are really rough. We're talking about years. Every time he says, we thank God. We thank God. It's how he always begins his response to how are you doing? And then, you know, he'll eventually get to the hard stuff. But we thank God. We magnify the wonderful character of God by magnifying him when we are afflicted and in pain. Now, how do we know this? Verse 31, this is, blows me away as I saw it yesterday. And it will please the Lord more than any sacrifice you can offer. The response of his people with thanksgiving and joy in the face of hardship, while the hardship's going on, oh, the Lord just basks in this. Have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> the Lord loves that. How do I please the Lord? You respond with thankfulness and joy and perseverance in the midst of hardship, pain, and affliction. And I will finish with this. Psalm, 20, Psalm 27, you recall? David says, listen, the enemy's coming against me, and that enemy wants to eat me alive. He uses those very words. He wants to eat me alive. I'm surrounded by troops. When, the, when war comes against me, I will not fear. Then he says, one thing I've asked of the Lord, and that I shall seek. Remember what it is, Robert? Is it to bigger weapons? Is it more troops? Is it being stronger so that he can fight against these bad guys? What is it? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And then he goes on and details what that means to worship, to be hidden under his wing, to draw close to Jesus in the midst of affliction and pain. This so pleases the Lord. And men and women, I think we're going to have a lot of opportunity to do this in the, the days, maybe years to come. But Maranatha, he's coming soon. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace in the midst of affliction and pain. We pray for these incarcerated servants of Jesus. We do not forget the prisoners and ask God that today you would fill them with joy, incomprehensible of peace in the midst of their oppressors, that they would shine and be, give, magnify the glory of Jesus Christ through their testimony, through their words, through their countenance, in all things. And bring blessing to us as we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Touch each person in this congregation to that end, and then hundreds outside this congregation through them. In Jesus' name, amen.